Welcome to the Redeemer Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're listening today. At Redeemer, we are committed to connecting people to God's transforming love. And I hope that this podcast is just one more way that you connect to God's presence this week. This is the third week in our series, Let's Be Honest, where we're getting an emotional reality check. We all tend to mask our true emotions, but whether we're feeling doubt, overwhelmed, or fearful, it is vital for our spiritual lives that we be honest about how we're feeling. Honest not only with others, but with ourselves. So here is Senior Pastor Bill Clark with a great word about fear for week three of our series. So this morning I want to talk about several things, but the theme, so you can tell at the end whether I've hit the theme or not, the theme has to do with anxiety, fear, and what it is we ought to be afraid of. We'll get to that in a little bit. If you watch little children, one of the things that's wonderful about them is that they have an ability to live in the moment, radically in the present moment. They can play, they can play with an object, they can do that and they don't seem to have any concerns about the past or the future. They're just in the present moment. Many of us who are largely adults and some children too as well, many of us have a tendency to either live in the past savoring favored glory or faded glory or licking old wounds, or we live in the future, especially now when we live in such an uncertain age. Someone, I don't know who, once said that most of us are like people on a bus passing through the beautiful countryside, but we have the shades drawn and we can't really see it. Perhaps I can illustrate the days we're living in right now in a different way. Pretend we're in a car together and we're driving on a desolate stretch of road and the warning light comes on in our vehicle. We have a choice to make. We can either respond to the warning light and pull over and call for help or we can say it doesn't matter, we'll just keep going. But then 50 miles later, we try that second approach and the car breaks down and we're stranded on the side of the road. So we're saying to each other, what's next? You know, in this crazy world we're living in, what's next? I'm using these examples to try to describe the the strange days we're living in. Some of us are living in the past, thinking a lot about the good old days. I've done this quite a bit. I've thought about the good old days when we didn't have to wear masks and worship and we could go out to eat whenever we wanted to. And I I do spend a little too much time thinking about the good old days and seeing them as perfect when in fact they weren't. Some of us are living in the present moment with a calm and confident approach. If that's you, just take a good nap. You don't need this sermon. That's all I want for you. Just take a nap and rest because you're doing the right thing. You're being careful, but you're also being mindful of the presence of the Holy One. Quite a few of us, though, are admittedly anxious or even afraid. We're living in a new normal, and we find it scary. If we're honest, 
for some of us, there's some real fear. So what does God think about fear? Well, you might expect this from a preacher, but in the New Testament, Paul tells us to not be anxious. He makes an unequivocal statement. He says in Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything. And I looked up that Greek word, anything. It means anything, okay? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now, hear the words. It's present your request to God. We're not in a position to demand of the eternal God anything. So he doesn't say, present your demands to God, and God will guarantee you your prayers. He said, present them, and God will take them from there. I'm submitting my petition, my preference, my hope, my prayer to God. The trouble is we can see that verse and we can say, I believe what it says, but I have presented my petition to God and it doesn't seem to be coming out the way that I had hoped. Presenting our prayers, our petitions to God doesn't guarantee the result. It guarantees a hearing before the court, if you will, of the almighty God who is sovereign, who is over all things. The counsel of God's word is full of commands not to fear, at least not to fear the wrong things. Now here's a great passage from Jesus, which once I read it, you'll understand why I rarely preach it. And you can rightly say I should, but well, you'll see. Luke 12, verses four and five, four and five, the words of Jesus. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after killing of the body has power to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Anybody wondering why I don't preach that every week? It's a tough verse. It talks about fearing God. So we have to think about and understand what fearing God is about. It's not fearing a God who is not loving. It's not shaking in our boots daily about what God is going to do to us. It's having a deep reverence, a deep and abiding reverence for the power and the glory of God. There's one thing we should fear. There's one thing we should fear. And that one thing only. Fear and respect and obey the living God. We're called to hear his voice, to act on it. I get how, I, I get, I, I truly get how, how, how it sounds to say to be afraid of God. But when you think of the word respect, honor, wonder, awe, perhaps that gets more at what we're trying to say. Trouble is, I and perhaps some of you have fears of other things besides God. So I may just be preaching to a crowd of one this morning myself, but I need a good sermon on this subject. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? It could be your health. It could be the pandemic. It could be your job or the loss of that. 
could be many other things. So the question becomes, how effective have your fears been? Has it solved the problems? Probably not. A few years ago, I used to see people walking around in these t-shirts that said, no fear. No fear t-shirts. I think they've gone out of business. I don't know. I don't see them anymore. But they had these no fear shirts. And I wasn't sure when I would pass somebody in this no fear t-shirt if that meant I'm not supposed to be afraid of them or I'm not supposed to be afraid of something else or I'm supposed to get a t-shirt and say back I have no fears. I don't know. But the no fear days are seemingly gone. Maybe the shirts today would say be afraid, be very afraid. But I hope not. Let's go a little bit further with the matter of fear. Fear, real danger, real fear, is um, a present moment reaction that is appropriate in the face of danger. Okay, so a deranged man comes at you with a knife. Be afraid as you want to be. Let her loose. Just be terrified. Because God has designed the human body for this adrenaline rush to happen. And when we have that adrenaline rush happens, when the guy's coming at us with a knife, this is only a possibility, you understand. And a guy comes at us with a knife and we get in this adrenaline reaction and all of a sudden we know Taekwondo or whatever and we take care of the problem and it's all over with. And so the fear, the fear did us good then. The fear did us good in that present moment. But fear, a generalized sense of fear about the future doesn't do us any good at all. We don't need that adrenaline surge. There's not anything about the future that that fear is going to help. We'd probably call that anxiety. And a lot of us have not so much fear, but real and genuine anxieties. If you do, let me just tell you this morning, you're not alone about anxieties right now. We're getting a few calls about anxiety. I want you to know that if you have an anxiety condition, we want to hear from you and we can either help you, attempt to help you, or find a resource to help you with your anxieties. There are lots of good solutions to the problem of anxiety. Anxiety is the fear of the future, not the fear of the present. So if you need help with it, know there's grace. And please know you're not alone. But back to fear for just a moment. Imagine for a minute you're Moses. And like Moses, you actually physically confronted the living God. This living God who lives in pure light. He has human qualities in that he has a, he's a person, but he lives in pure light, pure energy. It's the best we can understand about the nature of God. When Moses saw the, this God in the presence, stood in the presence of this God, well, he didn't stand for long, but when God, when Moses saw the presence of God, he was dazzled by the pure light. He could never actually see God's being. It was this sense of pure energy and profound 
love and power, deep abiding sense of the other. God is in one sense a person. Jesus was certainly a person in his time on earth. God has personal qualities, but, but think of him as pure energy, pure power. And if we were to stand before God bathed in light, power, justice, truth, and all of this rolled together in God's great being, standing before that God, fear would be a pretty normal reaction. It might go beyond reverence. It might go into such shock and awe that you just stand there gaping and wondering why you could even be in the presence of that being. Nobody craves fear, but that's the kind of fear that we need in this moment. Not fear of the future, not fear of an angry God, but only, the only thing to be afraid of right now is the loss or the lessening of our friendship with God. It's the only thing to fear. It's the only thing to worry about. Don't let your relationship with the loving God who loves you more than we can say, just don't let the relationship crumble in the midst of your anxieties or fears. The only thing to be afraid of is a loss of friendship with God. And on God's end, there is never an intention to lose that friendship. Our friendship is determined by our time spent with God and our trust in who He is. So here's the real unvarnished truth. The season we're living in is pretty hard. There have been tougher seasons in the life of this country, in the life of the world, but this is pretty hard. It's especially hard on the poor, the lonely, the unemployed, those with high levels of anxieties. They're struggling. They're struggling right now. In the last few months, we've seen unprecedented levels of violence in our cities, fires in our forests, a really ugly election season. Oh, yes, the pandemic, too. And if you're feeling a little anxious, you're not only a normal human being, but you're doing great if you're only a little anxious. But if your anxiety is really high, please get help. And know it doesn't have to be that high. Let us help you or help you find the help you need. Here's the other truth. Life is unstable. We have gone a long time not sensing the instability of life on this earth. But everything about our world now we understand to be temporary because it always has been. All the plants that are alive today will someday die. All the insects that are alive today will someday die, which is a good thing, except they'll all be replaced with more insects. Every animal and every human will one day pass away. So what do we do with that happy bit of news? Well, first of all, I doubt there's anyone here that doesn't believe in God. 
But if there's someone close to you who professes no belief in God and you love them and you care for them and you want to know how to pray for them, then just pray that they would understand about how the life on this earth works. There's a cycle of death and decay, decay and death. It's a cycle. And if that's all there is, and if there is no God with a purposeful plan for human beings, if there is no God who thinks that way, then it's a council of despair, and you're just trapped in an ever-growing circle of decay and death and loss, and you have no place else to look for hope. Obviously, people like us who are seeking to follow the living God are not better people than those who don't. We're not any smarter. We're not any better at all. But we have found the answer to this cycle. And that is there is a loving God who is in the midst of that cycle. And there is a life beyond this one. A life far above and beyond this one. This isn't our real home. We're here as temporary stewards of the mysteries of God on this earth. And one day, one day, our fears and anxieties will be completely quelled because it's the nature of God. You see, everything in this world is transient. We're actually transient. Everything in this world was created by something else. Our parents, they created us. There's one thing that wasn't created. There's only one thing in this world that wasn't created. It's God. He simply is. No one created God. God was born, wasn't born. He didn't appear spontaneously. He just is and he has always been. And that's the rock upon which we stand. God is and he has always been. Everything else in this world is contingent. Everything else in this world is temporary. None of it created itself and none of it could. Only God has no creator. I want to close with this. When I was a kid, my mom was the one who would tuck me and my brother into bed. And every night, we said the same prayer. We were Presbyterians, so we were kind of dull. We weren't real creative. I like Presbyterians, by the way. But my mom would say the same prayer. Billy, let's pray. Okay? And I would say it with her. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Amen. What a depressing prayer. Imagine being a little kid and you're thinking, I wonder if tomorrow morning's going to come, you know? If I die before I wake, I know my mother had great intentions and I get the point of it. She understood, that prayer understood the transitory nature of human life. One of those nights I remember asking my mother, Mom, where did God come from? She gave me a great answer. I like this one better. She said, Billy, God has just always been. I remember that night thinking, I don't understand that, but 
it sounds really good. God has just always been. And so he has always been. He has always been the forever God who deserves only our awe, our joy, and our friendship. That's how you beat anxiety. That's how you beat fear. Just place yourself in the arms of a God who is as far away as your next breath. Let's pray. Oh God, thank you. Thank you for your mystery and your majesty, your glory, your wonder. Thank you for who you are, for who you promise to be. Thank you to the midst of all of our anxieties and concerns and worries. You are with us, and you will never leave us. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Once again, thank you for listening to the Redeemer Church Podcast. To stay connected to all that God is doing here at Redeemer, visit our website at RedeemerTulsa.org or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have a blessed week.